All right. Welcome, everyone. Day two. Hooray. I'm so excited. So excited. I'm absolutely loving the beautiful conversations and momentum happening in this group. And I mean, congratulations, Laura. We want to encourage you all to share your wins and to ask questions and to share because it just allows everyone else to make even more connections in their own life and have the popcorn start to pop, the epiphanies start to happen, those aha moments. It's all welcome here. Yeah. And before we had, uh, when we were planning this, we were talking about, you know, basically anticipating that people would have beautiful manifestation stories to share because we know that when you are, when you ask, it is given, right? This is a, this is a game of allowing. And so you've all been setting intentions in your life, working towards things, you know, creating desires, creating it in your mind, imagining yourself there now the only part is really allowing. And so over these seven days, that's what you're accessing, a space of allowing. And it's enough to let those things in that you've been continuously asking for, right? So um, we anticipated people having wins <laughs> they would share in the group just because it's always, as a coach, it's always when I see someone release resistance that what they've been asking for comes right in. It's not that they found a different way of asking for it. It's not that they insisted on it harder or believed in it more. It's that they kind of just got out of the way of it and then it could finally just be right there. Yes. And it's inevitable as we move through this week, if you keep your mind open, keep your heart open with that openness, you will have your own quantum leaps, your own manifestations coming in, your own shifts and epiphanies and breakthroughs. It's all going to happen. So um, yeah, just again, keeping openness at the forefront of your mind and on your heart and you'll see miracles start to unfold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we just had a couple little things we wanted to talk about before we get into today's topic, which was like one of my favorite topics to talk about, because I think it just brings so much to light in terms of why we can struggle to unquote, clean up our side of the street or release attachment and resistance. And so there's a lot of awareness that will come today that we're really excited to share with you guys. Just thank you for being here for day two. Thank you for co-creating this space with us for, um, yeah, just really being, I mean, we've had so much energy up around this and it's because of you guys. So um, with that, we want to just quickly reiterate something that we said yesterday or, or mention a little more officially our Lo and Zoe first ever mastermind divinity. And this is going to be a mastermind that is diving very deeply for six entire months into this work. And obviously we're just touching on the surface of it this week. Um, but really we've created as the ultimate transformation portal to have you guys, you know, essentially strip yourselves of everything that's not actually you. And as we established yesterday, who you are, you know, who you are underneath everything that you've been made to believe, everything you've you've been told is an expectation, um, everything that you have maybe beliefs you've cultivated about yourself as a result of past experiences or things that people have said to you underneath all of that, because none of those things are actually true. They're, they're beliefs. And many of those beliefs are for very good reasons. But underneath all of that is just this very divinely, um, a divinely abundant, <laughs> divinely magnetic being that allows in the abundance that is surrounding us all the time, right? Like if you look at your average two-year-old and you look at how happy and how joyful they are and the amount of abundance that comes to them, you know, that's who we are meant to be is just this, this force of magnetism, this force of real purity and flow and allowance. And so 
what we're doing this week and into our mastermind is stripping everything away that is not you and doing this from a very biological level, a very subconscious level. Um, and you know, this work in my experience is the most powerful that there is because when you can be someone who sets intentions and desires them from a very pure place of just, this is something I desire, not because I think it'll make me feel like I'm enough, not because I will finally get to feel loved, not because any of these, you know, perceived inadequacies that we hold about ourselves, you become so divinely magnetic that all you have to do is allow for things to come and they just do. And there might be some action here and there, and we'll talk more about that later on in the week. Um, but yeah, is there anything you want to say about the mastermind? Zoe? it's loanzo.com slash mastermind, and it's called divinity. Well, I, I mean, it's just, I am so excited for this because I know what happens inside of group containers as you are probably all starting to witness and experience inside the energy of this container, what starts to happen, the, the cultivating of connections and the shifts that we all experience together. It's just such a beautiful space to be. And one thing that I love to ask myself before I decide to commit into a course or a program is always just taking a look at and getting curious about who would I be if I committed to this, right? Knowing that the journey of divinity is six months long, like, wow, if I continue this work, like, for example, the work that we're doing over the next um, week here inside Divine Magnetism, ask yourself, if I continued to do this work over six months, what could be possible for me? Who would I become? What could my life look like? Like, what shifts and what transformations could be available to me? And as always, it's better than we could ever imagine. But sometimes just looking at that and just exploring your own realm of possibilities creates openness in itself, right? Just being like, hey, you know what? Universe, divine, I'm so ready to make this type of leap for myself. Like I'm open to it. I'm open to it. Show me the pathway. And, and you know, I make it clear and I see that um, – Kate says, BRB manifesting the tuition for divinity. And it just is that. It's like exploring. Like, it's just, I'm open to this. I'm feeling called, right? Answering the call of your soul. Trust in yourself. And um, yeah, following where you feel led. So, of course, if there's any other questions that arise about the program, you can ask them in here or reach out to us. We're um, always available to chat more about it. Yeah. And one thing, I mean, I obviously launch. Uh, we both launch a lot. It's our businesses. And uh, I really for me, and I know for Zoe as well, it's, we desire people to be a full body yes into something. And we don't do any like objection overcoming. We don't do any, like, we have no sales tactics for you guys. Um, we show up and we talk about what it is that we do. And we trust that those that are meant to be inside come and that's really it. And, um, I wanted to, or we wanted to kind of connect everything that we're talking about this week with, you know, just the topic and the topic of manifestation and specifically the means of manifestation that Zoe and I teach, which is quantum creation. And we have a lot of our quantum creators, alumni, Zoe and I, for anyone that's new here, have a five week manifestation course that in my opinion is unlike any other one out there because it's very centered around helping people to understand the physics behind manifestation so that you no longer have to have this blind faith or try and believe in something that you can't see. We actually show you, you know, how it is that we as conscious creators do in fact impact reality with our thoughts. And the results that we've been launching this program for like three years now, it's still our absolute, like one of our absolute favorites. It's actually included um, 
inside of divinity for anyone that doesn't have it in different it depends when you sign up as to whether or not you get lifetime access to it but what it one of the things that it teaches after we sort of show you guys you know all the science and the quantum physics that we have found to be very liberating very empowering for people is what we call the bridge of incidents or the divine unfolding and essentially what that is is as soon as you ask you you create in the quantum field what it is that you want you imagine it you're feeling into it we have a process for that inside of qc squared we call it um the universe is as we describe it the divine orchestrator of the bridge of incidents which is everything that needs to happen every action you need to take every um, person that needs to come into your life every opportunity that needs to show up in your inbox um, every inspired download every word spoken between you and where it is that you desire to go and so this is this is the scientific unfolding of your desires now where people struggle with that the most just in general and we have a whole module about really allowing for that but where people struggle with that the most is they get too involved with the bridge of incidents right so we wanted to connect for you guys this space of openness as it directly relates to not only manifestation but like literally quantum physics <laughs> um they get too involved they are trying to predict they're trying to control they're offering so much trying and forceful energy and the reason for that is what we're going to talk about specifically today and a little bit more into the week um but we we when we become a space of allowing what we're really doing is making this effortless pathway for the bridge of incidents to unfold and to unfold as quickly as it possibly can because we are not getting ourselves in the way of that happening right so think of the last time you set an intention for something and maybe you scripted on it or you did you know whatever practice you enjoy and then you immediately started to you know look at or try to figure out how it was going to happen and maybe like you set an intention for your part your um, soulmate to come through and you know, then you meet someone and you start to get attached to the potential of it being this person, as opposed to being in this space of just openness. Maybe it's him, maybe it's her, maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm going to allow. And I will tell you that through the work that we do inside Divinity, my transformation was exactly that in the area of relationships where I had really struggled for a long time. I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew the connection I was seeking. I knew how it was going to feel. I had never really even come close to experiencing it because I didn't know how to get out of the way of the bridge of incidents. And once I integrated the things that we're sharing with you guys this week and what we're really going to be diving deep into inside of Divinity, I met my now, my now boyfriend. And instead of getting super involved and being like, okay, well, you know, when is it going to be a relationship? And can I text, can I mess, or sorry, can I manifest him texting me right now so that I can, you know, feel okay about it? And all of these control vibes that I often used to put into the space, they just weren't there. And so it got to be something and it still gets to be something that is very free flowing, that is very easy, that is very just abundant in nature. And I don't try and he doesn't try for any of those things. There's a lot of devotion. There's a lot of, um, you know, commitment, but there's not trying. There's no control. It's just open space. And I know I spoke about that a little bit, but the reason that I wanted to bring that up is because that was me actually learning what it took, what it meant to a lot for the bridge of incidents and area of my life where I could not, I was so in the way and so, so attached. Yeah. And another like 
um, kind of analogy or a visual I can give you guys about the bridge of incidents. This is kind of like, let's say, placing an order on Amazon. When you set an intention into the universe, imagine it like you've, you've purchased something on Amazon from a space that probably you've purchased it before. You know that it's going to arrive, but you actually don't think about, okay, someone's going to have to pick up that item, put it in a box, make sure that it's safe in that box, put it on a conveyor belt, do X, Y, Z, right? We, we so easily detach from things like that. The bridge of incidents and what we're, we're teaching you and what we're opening you up to over this next week is, and especially today, is like starting to release like the, the ways in which the ego mind, which is so natural, it's always going to look for the hows because it finds comfort in that. It finds comfort in, in creating predictions and creating constructs and, and anything that has to do with um, numbers and timelines, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to teach you the ways of detaching from that so that you can come above, you can come from this space that is above the ego. You can start to rise above that. You can start to release these repetitive thoughts that actually rob you of your peace of mind and contentment in your life because um, the ego mind will always be there, but it's about bringing a greater level of awareness to it that you can transcend it in these spaces, no longer be giving it attention or meaning as the bridge of incidents is unfolding because in fact, everything that you desire will be yours right? Everything you're intending for, it's all happening for you. And the ways that we um, create unhappiness or resistance in our life is just simply feeding attention towards those thoughts of the how, towards those that meddling sort of energy, that neediness sort of energy. When in fact, it really is as simple as like, let's say placing an order on Amazon and knowing that it will arrive. Um, we're going to teach you the ways of being to create that effortless ease and that trust in your own life. Yeah, um, I'm just responding to Sharon here for some reason she can't join, which I'm not sure why. But um, anyways, uh, uh, yeah, I completely agree with everything that Zoe said. And what we wanted to specifically address today is the reason behind our, the one of the very main reasons behind our need to control or our attachment or essentially just why it is that we get so involved with the bridge of incidents and try and manipulate it and make it look the way that we think it needs to look in order to actually believe that what we want is coming is because we put a lot of egoic and personal significance behind our manifestations, both having them and not having them. And here's the key part, what we think that will mean about us. So um, we're going to give you guys a whole bunch of examples today because there's lots of areas where Zoe and I have both done this. Um, but anywhere where we feel this attachment where we're like, I can't get out of my own way or I can't just let it go. I can't let go of, you know, the idea of it not becoming a full-fledged relationship with this person or, you know, my business not taking up within this, uh, taking off within this timeline. It's because there is an attachment to the meaning, not necessarily the, uh, the, desire itself or the outcome itself, but the meaning that we are giving having that desire or not having that desire. So um, in the area of relationships, let's just go in. I know my, my boyfriend's definitely listening to these replays, but it's fine, whatever. He's heard it all before. Um, but uh, in the area of like dating and relationships for me, um, I had a lot of personal significance around what it meant for me to be continuously single. And more personal than that was I had this real fear of rejection. I had this real fear of being undesirable, unwanted, not chosen. And so 
when I would be dating someone, even if it was someone that I didn't feel like, you know, oh my God, this could be it. If it was someone that was like, you know, maybe a seven out of 10 in terms of what I was personally looking for in our connection, I would still create this attachment and this fear-based energy and this need to control it because should it not happen the way that I wanted it to, or should they, you know, not want to be in a relationship with me, I would make that mean that I was being rejected. And that to my, to my ego and to my nervous system, which we'll go more into tomorrow, was like the worst thing that could possibly happen, right? Same thing with my business. I had a lot of attachment and I was able to, um, you know, build a beautiful business, but it was very limited and it was quite heavy in terms of what I, all these plates that I was keeping in the air because I was attributing my ability to produce, say, $20,000 a month consistently in business as being worthy of clients, right? So it wasn't that I needed consistent 20K months. I did not at all. <laughs> um, it was that my ego needed it to feel like I was worthy of people's investment, to feel like I was okay in my level of success and sustaining it, and to feel like I was enough and that I was proving something about myself, which was like a lot of, a whole bunch of me going on, not actual truth to any of it. But that's where we bring in so much of our attachment is we look at, okay, if I don't get this thing or I don't get it in the time that I desire it to, it's going to mean about me that I'm unworthy, that I'm not enough, like whatever it is that our like biggest uh, fears are usually about ourselves, that I'm being rejected, that I was unwanted, that I'm unworthy, whatever. If I get it, then it means that I was desired, right? I was finally the one that somebody chose. I had this area of my life figured out. I'm a success, right? I'm proving to all the naysayers that they were wrong about me. And we put this usually unconscious uh, attachment and meaning onto our manifestations, both in their presence and in their absence or in the them actually happening or the potential of them not happening. And so when we are desiring to manifest something, that attachment that you feel, it's not the actual thing itself. What does $10,000 actually mean, right? I work with business owners, obviously, and the $10,000 a month thing comes up all the time. And usually what's behind a very specific number like that is the meaning that they've attached to the idea of a six-figure business. And it's not, there's nothing wrong with wanting that. That's a beautiful goal and it's very available to people. But when we're doing it because we think that at a $10,000 month, we're going to, you know, finally have proven something about ourselves or that other people will view us in a certain light. Now we are not having a desire for desire's sake. We are having a desire for okayness's sake, as we talked about yesterday. We're having a desire for the idea that on the other side of getting it, somehow we'll be okay or we'll be loved or we'll be enough or whatever. Is there an area for you, Zoe, that you feel comfortable speaking to in regards to where this personal significance or attachment has shown itself to you? Oh, definitely. I mean, presently, I'm doing the work in this area around love and relationships. And what I can say is that uh, one of one big like epiphany or shift that's happened for me in the past couple of weeks is really noticing that it's previous identities that are keeping me hostage from actually having freedom in this area of my life. And what I mean by previous identities is that the ego is always creating constructs and identities in certain areas of life from the time that we are like very young. So for example, up until age seven, our brain is in theta state, which means that it's like a little sponge. It's always a sponge, but especially up until age seven, it's just like totally consuming everything around it. And 
what I picked up from my childhood and in my um, like upbringing was that like, okay, I, I need to be married by like age 30 for sure. And even there are timelines where I thought that I would be having children at age like 25. And I mean, I'm, I'm 31 now, but like, it's so interesting to see how it's always just been me having to undo the identities and the constructs that have kept me hostage. And these were things that I observed or listened to and decided to take in, whether it be on a subconscious or, or um, conscious level through my upbringing or what I viewed in um, the external reality. Like, I'm, like one thing that comes to mind to share is um, – that my family is Danish and they have this sort of thing that if somebody turns 30 and they're not married, you're an old hag. And kind of this like funny, it's your 30th birthday and you're not married yet. It's like this funny thing that happens. But I was like, that's not going to be me. That's absolutely not going to be me. And um, it totally like was me, but it's like so interesting because if I think about Zoe now, right, I actually, um, I'm totally good with not having children in my life right now. I'm totally good with not having a partner in my life. And it's the previous identities that were constructed over time in the past that are holding me hostage from actually feeling free in the present moment. And I can tap in and feel these feelings of freedom, let's say, like just as I'm speaking to you right now. And I'm like, I'm so happy and content with my life. And I'm actually totally okay with the fact that I don't have that loving partnership or that family in my life yet. And I know that that is coming, but there are still moments in time where there are intrusive thoughts that I actually have to do the work around because they're coming in and they're trying to, um, you know, not like they're, they're not like evil or anything, but they're coming in and they're inhibiting me from being in the present, inhibiting me from maintaining my space of openness. And so it's in that, in doing that work and looking at that, that I'm, I become very aware of how the past is continuously trying to recreate and construct itself. And that is inhibiting, like I said, freedom or liberation in your way of being. And it's inhibiting that openness that we're speaking into, that space of nothingness, that you are the magnet that attracts everything into your life. Um, and can I, can I share one more example, though? Yeah, of course, please. The two is money and um, owning property specifically. So when I was younger, my dad um, but has been very successful with property investments in his life. And my dad owned his first house when he was like 17 and he's been flipping houses and whatnot ever since. And I, being a digital nomad, I've always been a world traveler at heart. I actually like never really knew where home was, Not still not even sure where I would like to settle down at some point in life. And for many years, and up until like the last year, I was continuously making myself wrong, um, consciously and subconsciously about the fact that I didn't own property yet. Right. And watching my brothers, um, you know, buy their first homes, buy their second homes. And like, part of me was like, why, why haven't I figured this out yet? Why am I so bad at this when it's like, actually, that's not my path. That's actually not what's, what's feeling in the highest good for Zoe right now. And then it was like really uncovering those belief systems of, I was making that mean that I would be accepted by my parents if I had property or that would like me having property would make them feel like I was safe or me having a partner would, would have them feel like they didn't have to worry about me. 
And bonus, if I had a partner and a house, then they could be free. <laughs> right. But, but that's it. It's like what, like a lot of the times, um, some of the things that we, we feel like we might want, first of all, is getting clear on what our true desires are, but like, why, where is it all coming from? Yes. Thank you for sharing both of those though. And we really, you know, we're creating this space and all of our spaces as a vulnerable space of just like realness with you guys, because we are human about this and there's things that we still cling to and make ourselves wrong for and have attachment around. And that's how all of our, our teachings have come about is just things that we've learned. And, um, but more importantly, we want this to be a space where you guys feel free to, you know, get coaching around or share what it is that's coming up for you. And I know Courtney, you said this has been hard for me being single still at 40 and definitely still want to meet someone. So I was a few days short of my 34th birthday when I uh, met my now boyfriend. And before that, I'd been single for like quite some time. I mean, I'd had little things here and there. Um, But I really for a long time struggled with this attachment around a lot of what Zoe is saying. It, It was attachment around what I made it mean about myself, which was some version of an, an, like, yeah, it was some version of, um, not being on track, like being behind, really being behind. And when I actually looked at that, I was like, but behind from what, like behind basically from what society tells us we're supposed to have and by when, right? Because for me personally, I'm very open to like, however children want to look like I'm, I don't necessarily need it to happen within a certain time because I just believe that in that area of my life, it'll be whatever it's meant to be. But when it came to not having a partner, I really made it mean that there was like something wrong with me or that I was very behind. And when I looked at that, that was societal expectations. That was things that I had definitely heard and inherited from other people around me. Um, and I started to really free myself from that by accepting that this was an area in my life that I was going to have what I wanted, no matter what, like the universe was not going to hold out on me. And I was very committed to whatever work needed to be done. Um, and I started to really believe that what I had to offer someone was something that, you know, the right person was really, really looking for and seeking out and it just became this space for me through doing this work where I just stopped making it mean anything about me that I was single and 34, right? Or that I could even be 35, 40. I'm about to turn 35, 35, 40. Um, And anytime I feel that attachment coming up around timelines, I look at, well, where is it that I'm making this mean something about myself? And in terms of um, the next question, how do we consistently work to release past identities so that they don't hold us hostage? Um, Things we've clung so hard to how do we work every day to let them go? So um, great question, Kate. And this is going to be a huge part of divinity because the sources of these attachments for us and these significances and meanings that we give to things are very nuanced. They're very personal. And there's certainly practices that, you know, we're going to go through as a group that are going to really help you to do that. But then this is where like the magic of a container like divinity really comes in because we get to hold that space for you. We get to hear what it is that is, uh, you know, needing to be brought to light for you, but essentially there'll be a variety of different, uh, sorry, different modalities that will lead you to a place of detaching any and all meaning from 
your manifestations and what you make them mean about yourself, right? What if, and this is, this is a state of divinity that we're speaking to. This is why we called the mastermind this. What if none of it meant anything about you? Because here's the truth. It doesn't. It means nothing about you if you are homeless on the street versus living in a mansion somewhere. It means nothing about you if you're married to a literal prince or single for the rest of your life. It means nothing about you if you are $50,000 in debt or have $100 million in the bank account. We live in a society that allows us to believe or makes us believe that we are what we have, but we're not. We're not. We are just, we are just, you know, divinity. We are spiritual beings having, or what is it? Um, how does that go? Spiritual beings having a human experience. <laughs> we are, oh, sorry. I thought I lost you guys for a sec. Um, we are not what we have, right? But we live in a society that makes us believe that we are. And so, um, you know, the work then becomes about first desiring to uncouple that, that significance that we're putting on, on things with the worth that we have for ourselves. And this was a hard lesson for me to learn because I placed so much of my, just my ability to feel like I was okay with where I was at in life based on how my business was doing, which meant I really rode the ups and downs of the waves. If my business was doing good, I felt good. I felt okay. I felt like even though you don't have these areas, these other areas of your life figured out, look, at least you've got this successful business. And so when that started to waver in the pandemic, because I was going through different mental health stuff and there was just some areas out of alignment, I struggled so much because I had so much attachment around what I was making my success mean about me, which meant that none of it got to really be easy. I had to work my ass off for every dollar that came in because there wasn't allowing, there was only control. I had to control, you know, what was coming to me because of how significant it was. But also that then just created this place, this very resistance causing space of, you know, just a lot of limitation essentially. And it looked on the outside like it was all really great and there was huge aspects of it that were but on the inside i felt like i was i was having to keep all the plates spinning as i've been talking about right um i don't know if you hear anything you want to contribute there so yeah well i just i really want to speak to um the timeline aspect of this because i think it's something that every single one of us can relate to and um i just want to shine a light on why it feels so like heavy or hard to let go of the timelines. And for those of you listening who are, um, who are females, we actually have biological timelines existing within our own body. So we've actually got, um, you know, we've, we've got biological timelines existing in our reproductive organs. This is something that men do not have um, because in their, in their biology, they do not have timelines. We as females do. And if you've listened to like the Lo and Zoe show, Lo and I often speak about how the body sponsors thoughts. So sometimes it can be really hard, especially to release dimensions and aspects of the timeline because we have parts within our bodies, right, with, within our subconscious minds that are actually always running on a timeline. So that's why it can be... Um, very resistance filled to let go of the idea of like, I'm not here yet. Like one thing that I personally, as I'm working through love and relationships in my life and not having a significant other at this point is like, I'm 31. And I know that I've got um, a very particular window to have a family. Right. And the fact that, you know, I call him my divine masculine King. 
isn't present in my reality yet. Like it's, it's like sometimes I'm prompted to take a look at this timeline stuff every single day, but I wanted to share that with you today just to create some ease and some lightness around why it, it why the timeline aspect of things can feel so big for us, especially um, as women, for those of you who are, are listening. Um, and it's something that once I made that connection biologically and can understand, oh, this is actually probably why the, those intrusive style thoughts or there is such a resistance to release the timeline is because my body is signaling my brain in ways through hormones and chemicals that are telling me certain things. And um, bringing awareness to that can really help to like open things up and be like, okay, I can give myself some compassion here as I release the timeline. And then that being said, like the pressures of like, like family, like I can say like the fact that I know, I know that my, every time I go back home to visit my family, they're like, so do you have a boyfriend yet? Do you got a husband yet? You, you thinking about settling down and like actually choosing a place to live? Like those, I mean, I kind of laugh at it, but honestly that, that feeds into the pressure because us as, um, you know, the, those of us and every single one of you in this container are like awakened. Right. So it's like, you can actually empathetically feel the pressure from others. And that also can put pressure on the timeline aspect of things. So like Lo was saying, there's like dimensions of this. It's going to be very personal to each of you. But like if you're ready and willing to do the work, there are all these gateways into openness, um, which we're just going to keep highlighting more and more for you. I mean, through today, but then also through the week and then through divinity itself. Yeah, there, we've got some. Thank you guys for contributing in the chat because these are so, so good. And I want to just um, hop to Kate's for a second here. She says, I'm feeling like I'm stuck on releasing what it means about me because if it doesn't mean anything about me, why want it anymore? The nuance of desiring or de for desire's sake while not making it mean too much, while also remembering why I'd want it in the first place. For me, it's feeling confident physically. I want to feel safe, desired, acceptable. So if the final desire doesn't mean those things anymore, will I still want it? How can it be both meaningless positively and something that I want? So it's desire. You can feel that you want to be desired. You can feel that you want to be wanted, right? That you want to be made to feel beautiful. Those are pure desires. But when we don't give any of that to ourselves first, and we're making someone else the pure source of it, so that we can feel okay, so that we can feel beautiful, that is not desires for desire's sake. That is desire for, I feel lack within me. And hopefully someone else will give me something to fill it up. And I'm not, I'm not like pointing you out here, Kate, because we all have some version of this. Like I feel very desired by my partner. It makes me feel really, really good. Is it his job though, to make me feel beautiful? No, it's not. And as long as I made it somebody else's job to make me feel secure within myself, there was work for me to do. Right. And there was attachment. And then that meant that men that I did attract weren't able to show up freely for me in the way that they wanted to because I had expectation and I had attachment, right? And what you also will find in doing this work is that certain desires do actually go away. When I had a desire for say a million dollar business because I wanted to prove something about myself. As soon as I started having to deal with the part of me that felt there was something to be proved, I really had almost this like identity crisis within my business where I was like, well, 
if I don't need to prove anything about myself, then like, what am I even working towards? And I had to like really shift what it was that I was even setting intentions for and moving towards in my business because now the false identity was no longer dictating the show. Now, do I desire financial freedom? Yes. What are my reasons for that? My reasons for that are not because anybody else is going to see me differently or because it's going to mean something about me. I desire financial freedom because I want freedom. I want peace of mind. I want to move freely through this life and make decisions that are authentic to me, not limited by finances, right? So the desire still exists, but the reason behind it is different. And if you find that some of your uh, former desires dissipate altogether, well, then that's because they were coming from a space of ego. And, you know, a lot of the manifestation world is based in people essentially trying to manifest from a space of lack or from a space of, you know, I am not this, I don't feel loved or beautiful. So hopefully I can manifest a man or a woman that makes me feel that way. Right. And you might like, you might be able to call somebody in, but now it's their job. And now you have a relationship where each person is dependent on the other to feel okay within themselves. And that just creates a whole hot mess of, you know, (laughs) like just stickiness and attachment. Right. Um, Zoe says, I feel so validated. I'm constantly struggling with timelines. I don't know why I feel so behind in life, even though I accomplished so much just because I'm not married in my mid thirties and I don't have properties. Today's conversation is quite eye opening. So many beliefs to let go of. And for me, Zoe, um, I got to a space where I very much still desired the partnership and I really enjoy it. Like there's no part of me that was like, Oh, this is okay. You know, I think I made it out bigger in my mind that it actually like, no, I really enjoy (laughs) having that partnership, but I can honestly say that I got to a place where I was like, I, I'm going to allow for this to look whatever to look like, whatever it's meant to be, because what if you knew for certain that you were going to meet the absolute love of your life in five years time. And it was going to be beyond everything that you could have ever even imagined. And that was a certainty, right? What we'd want to do then is look at, because that should be like a very liberating thing. And if it's not, well, where are the attachments, right? Where are the, because there was a a prompt I had heard at one point that was like, if you knew this wasn't going to happen to you, happen for you in the next two years, what would come up? And for me, I was like, no, I can't. And this was like three years go. Um, I can't wait another two years. Like, you know, these are things that I want now and blah, blah, blah. But I was, it was for all of those reasons. It's once I detached that meaning that I was making that I just, I was like, well, this is obviously an area of my life that is going to work for me and trying to control it hasn't worked. So you know what, I'm just going to allow it to be what it's meant to be. But I had to first release those attachments. Was was there desire still? Yes, of course. Is there still desire in that area of my life? Of course, Um, in many areas of my life. But it's not because I think there's something wrong with me if it doesn't happen. Yes, exactly. It's desire with, we want to get to this place of desire with the absence of need and neediness energy. And in that space, you feel ultimately free because you feel like, oh, I can actually trust exactly where I'm at, recognizing that I do already have everything that I need. And in that space, the universe just starts to flow everything to you. Oftentimes when we feel like um, needing is present is because we're actually resistant of the reality that's present in front of us. It's almost like we're arguing with God, source, creator, universe. We're saying like, it looks wrong. It looks wrong. You did it wrong. That's not what I want. <laughs> like, you know, it's this it's this strong hold and argument with source, right? About what is present in our three-dimensional reality. And I mean, I 
Like I've been here in a multitude of different ways in every single area of my life. I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't look right. Like I thought it would happen right now. And if I can like open up, um, like personally here, just to share some, some current examples around like the work that I'm doing in love and relationships is I'm like, yo, I thought this would be here by now. Okay. One also because, um, I, I, I like to dabble in the world of getting like intuitive readings and whatnot. And all the psychics said, your person is going to be coming into your life by now. I'm like, well, we are past that, that date. I've continuously shown up and done the work. So like, where is it? Right? Like, where is it? And then in that, like, where is it? I'm arguing with what is right. It's, it's Mm -hmm. arguing against the divine timing, the divine unfolding of my life. Um, when in fact I do know, and I do trust that when that, when that person, and when this formulates in my reality, it's going to be not a second sooner, not a second later. And then I mean, watching Lowe's divine unfolding and having like a best friend insider perspective and ability to view on that. It's just such a blessing to me because I'm like, it's, it's that in itself is opening me up in ways. And one thing that I come back to that one of my friends said, who's, who's met her person. And it's like, was always very clear to me is she said, I would have waited like 20 more years for this. Right. Like she was like, I actually like, I would, I would have waited like my whole life for this. Like, I'm so grateful that it's here now, but like knowing how special this was, she's like, I would have like, I, it would have been okay if I was single until this happened to me. And it's like, ah, there's like, there's such a a liberation in that, right? Trusting that like the universe knows best. The universe, the creator knows the desires that's on our heart, knows our, you know, perfect match or our soulmate clients or whatever it is, knows the perfect divine unfolding of our dream home coming into our reality, like whatever it is. Creator knows that because creator like knows us best and plants our desires on our hearts. And um, when this desires come in from that heart space, we can trust like, oh, it's only a matter of time before it's here. And it's releasing the neediness, which is essentially the struggle or the fighting against what is in our present three-dimensional reality in front of us. It's mm-hmm. getting, again, it's getting above that ego, transcending it in ways and deciding that, you know what? God source universe knows best and I'm going to get my human out of the way. I'm going to stop meddling because the meddling is what creates the suffering. The meddling is what robs us of our own peace of mind, our own contentment and our joy in life. It's, it's what's telling us and what's saying like, you should be here. You should be doing that. Do more of this, do more of that in order to receive when in fact, all you need to do in order to receive is just be present with the experience of your life. And it's in that state of presence, which is essentially in that state of, of silence or in being when the intuitive nudges come in, when the next steps, steps come in, when, um, you know, the opportunity or the person presents themselves, all of that happens in the present moment. Yes. Yeah. I have a little, um, prompt for you guys in terms of, you know, diving a little bit deeper into this. I'm just wondering if someone's, um, okay, I'm going to mute you. If anyone else's, uh, mics are on, if you can just keep them off for us, uh, would you appreciate that? But, um, anyways, uh, yeah, I have a little like prompt for you guys in terms of, oh, and what Zoe's saying first about the meddling, that is the space that I got myself to. When I met my boyfriend, I was actually surprised because with everything that I at that point believed about manifesting, I didn't feel that I had 
that I had met any of the conditions. It wasn't even something that I was really thinking about after at the time. I wasn't like envisioning it. I wasn't going to the quantum field about it. I actually, if you had asked me like a week before we met, you know, how close are you to this? I would have told you that it was far away because it felt far away. And my identity was so wrapped up in being single that it was almost hard for me to imagine something else, to be honest. But I really just stopped meddling. It was an area where I became nothing because I just, I don't know, I just kind of really released it. And then when I met him, there wasn't meddling. I didn't try and figure it out. I didn't try and control it to look the way that my ego thought that it should. I allowed, I accepted, this is something you've been asking for and intending for for a long time. And if it's meant to be right now, it's going to be. And if it, you know, it's going to unfold exactly as it's meant to. Um, and so anyways, that was like the energetic space. It wasn't a state of belief. It wasn't, I think I had within me developed the capacity to really hold the space for what I'd been asking for. And that was through the work that we're going to do in divinity that as we've said, Zoe and I both have gone through in our, in our own ways and brought it together into this curriculum. Um, but I wanted to give you guys a little prompt if you're wanting to dive deeper into this, because often when I ask a client or I'm coaching a client around their attachment to something or something that they're feeling impatient around. And I'll say, okay, if you don't get this client, you know, that you're looking for in the next three to six months, if your person doesn't come in, uh, you know, for another year, if your business doesn't scale or you're not able to go full time in the way that you want, if you don't get that house that you're applying to, what would that mean? Like, actually tell me, what is the meaning there? And usually at first it's more surface level because that's where our awareness is. It's like, well, you know, I, if I, if the person doesn't come in, then I'm just like, I'm going to continuously, continuously be, uh, feeling lonely or I'll use the business example. If I don't get this next client, then, you know, I won't be able to like support my lifestyle, let's say. And I'll say like, okay, you know, that's hundred percent true. But what if you can't support your lifestyle? What would that mean? And then from there, they go a little bit deeper and they'll say something like, well, you know, it means that I, uh, I don't know, I have to make sacrifices or maybe I made a mistake in starting the business in a first, in the first place or leaving that job. I'd be like, okay, what if you made a mistake because you left your job to start this business and it isn't taking off in the way that you're hoping it to. And as a result, you're feeling impatience towards that. What, what would it mean? Right? What if you made a mistake? What would that mean about you? And so they go a little bit deeper. Okay. Well, that would mean that I, um, you know, can't trust myself. Okay. What does it mean if you can't trust yourself? Well, it means that other people can't trust me. Okay. What does it mean if other people can't trust me or can't trust you? And we just keep going on this line of questioning until they get down to the real cause of it, which is always some version of I've let people down. I'm not good enough. I feel shame. I'm, you know, a, a bad partner or parent, or um, I'm a failure or people were right about me. It's like some real deep fear that we have within us and we're carrying that and that need to avoid that potential because subconsciously it's going to mean about us our very worst fear right if you don't get that next client it means that everybody that ever you know rejected you was right to or like something it's usually something that like is so they're so disconnected when you bring them to light but unconsciously that's what we're doing we're connecting the two right if i have a failed launch this was a big one for me 
years ago, if I have a failed launch, I'm being rejected. Rejection is, and I didn't have that awareness. All I knew was that I would have a lot of impatience and a lot of attachment during a launch, very little capacity to hold just this space of openness that would allow people to come in. And, um, I didn't recognize that at the time, that feeling of anxiety that would come up within me was that I was making it mean that if people weren't signing up for something, I was being rejected. Now, is that what was actually happening? Of course not. There's one million reasons as to why someone not, might not be signing up in this second or at all. Maybe it's not the right time for them. Maybe you know they're in for the next round, but right now it's just not feasible. Maybe there's another coach that's gonna be more of service to them. But like absolutely none of it means that I'm being rejected, but deep down within me, that was the trigger, right? And I didn't recognize that until I brought it to light and actually looked at, okay, is a launch not going to plan or is someone not signing up right this second mean me being rejected? No, it doesn't mean that, right? So just that line of questioning of like, actually go to the space and we know that in the manifestation world we're more taught to like not think the thoughts of the worst case scenario but it's spiritual bypassing and we're not about that <laughs> actually bring to light what it is that's beneath it for you if the worst case scenario happens if there's if there is um impatience that you're feeling follow it all the way down what is underneath it on a very deep level for you to the point where you can start to say, does it actually mean that if I'm single for the next five years that I'm unworthy of love? Of course it doesn't mean that, right? Of course it doesn't, but we have to bring it to light first. Um, is there like an area where you've, I know that you've already shared this, so, but actually let me just open it up. Is there anything you're hearing in what I'm, I'm saying you wanna add to? Yeah, well, one thing I just really wanna acknowledge and validate for, for those of you who may be this is the first time you're sort of opening up to looking at these deeper wounds that is um behind things like rejection because like that's the deep not good enough stuff that can be the deep unlovable stuff and the some of the first times that we open that up it can feel super scary to go down to those places so just know that it's it's natural to feel the fear but it's safe and you also have this container to ask any questions about it and what I can share with you um, personally, and like Lo was here and I mentioned this on the Lo and Zo show, but there was this one point in time where I was like seeing this guy and he had sort of sent me a message that um, that maybe we we shouldn't see each other anymore. And that rejection came via a message, but I felt it so viscerally triggering in my body that I literally could not leave my bed. I was crying. I was like, I was going through it on such a deep level because it was one of the first times, or perhaps it was even the, the time when I opened myself up fully to feel out and experience my unlovable wound, right? Because this person's sort of rejection was actually confirming my deepest fear to me that I wasn't quite aware of. Oh, we've lost you there. So I think her internet is just cutting out a little bit there. Um, so if you can hear us, I think I, I'm assuming that her Wi-Fi is cut out. She's in Mexico because Zoe is just a abundant world traveler. <laughs> um, I'm sure that she'll hop back in with us. Oh, she's going to come back on. Anyways, um, yeah, so we would love to know from you guys, you know, what's coming up for you around this. I know we've got a couple more little questions here and uh, I just want to see if she's come back. Not yet. Um, Sorry, I apologize. I oh, think there you I, are. Okay, my Wi-Fi dropped out for a minute. That's okay. What were you saying there? 
Zoe, are you there? <laughs> Sorry, guys, a little technical difficulty today, but that's to be expected. Um, yeah, so we want to know from you guys, you know, where is the personal significance for you? Or like when you really dive into it, what's the personal meaning that you're giving? And you can also do this, by the way, around the arrival of your desires, because it's equally as problematic to have personal meaning and to give personal meaning to having what we want as it is to give personal meaning to not having it, right? If you are, if you're making it mean, if you're manifesting your soulmate and you're making that mean when he comes or she comes that you're lovable, that you're worthy, that you're desired, that's just as much attachment as the opposite of it, right? What we want to do is get to a state. And this is this is pretty like deep integrative work that we really spend a lot of time on inside of divinity. And it's very nuanced and personal. And that's why this, again, is a coaching program. Um, but we want to get to a space where it's like, you know, that person coming in doesn't actually change what I, how I relate to myself, right? They're just somebody that is loving me and isn't that wonderful and that's what I want to feel and that's what I deserve but it doesn't mean them loving me does not mean that I'm worthy of love right um Alish or Alish I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong how to navigate the space of manifesting your desirable partner and the space in between that can be accompanied by loneliness I would love to hear what Zoe has to say about this and if she doesn't hop back on I'm sure she'll put it in the chat for us um but for me personally what this looks like is I mean, there was lots of times that I have felt lonely and I think like this is a, a sort of next level awareness of or next level emotional awareness where we we allow ourselves to feel the emotions without making them something that we need to escape from, right? Because again, if somebody outside of us becomes our band-aid for loneliness or our source of not feeling lonely, that can be problematic because if they leave for a while or things don't go your way or you think it's something that you're going to lose, there's all this attachment around it. Like you can't ever leave me because without you, I was lonely. <laughs> and so one, it's being okay with feeling lonely. I spent like two years in Toronto in one of the most locked down cities in the world alone. And all my friends, including Zoe had left the city because they were like, we're out of here. And I would go like three weeks with and the only contact I would have with a human being would be a Starbucks barista, you know, when I was picking up my mobile order. And I just became okay in a sense. It didn't, doesn't mean I loved it, but I became okay in a sense with the experience of lonely. And this is really what it means to be you know, very fulfilled in life is to experience at a range of emotions without needing to run from certain ones or chase others. Because no matter what, there's going to be periods of loneliness, no matter what, there's going to be periods of sadness, if we can instead start to relate to them differently, allow them to be there. Now we actually have freedom from those emotions and we no longer need to to run away. The other thing is, is like, the best thing that you could do in those times is to become really just someone who loves their own company, their own, like, do you take yourself out for dates? Do you have hobbies? Do you have things that you love? And becoming someone that loves your own company, because that's going to attract somebody else that does as well, right? Um, so anyways, I'm sure Zoe probably has something else to say about that. I think we're still missing her, sadly. But that's okay. I think she was at a cafe because she doesn't have very good Wi-Fi. Um, I realized my biggest fear is being alone. Oh, Deepa, I think you're maybe um, pocket texting us, but that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, although I love my life and I am perfectly happy. I do hope to one day have a relationship. I quit my corporate job as well. So 
then I took in three children and as a result was forced to go back to work part-time. I mean, you are freaking amazing, Kelly, for taking in three children. And there is somebody out there, there are more, there's more than one person out there that would be so lucky to have someone that is so devotional and really starting to like see yourself, you know, in that light. Maybe you do. I too long for the freedom lifestyle. These are all things that we get to allow in that we get to have what we're having you do this week and inside of divinity is, you know, calm that part of you that wants to meddle or that's making it wrong or judging it because it's in those judgments, which is really just judgment of ourselves that we create this resistance filled space that doesn't allow things to flow. Right. And that doesn't allow them if they do come in to feel the way that we want them to feel like people can, you can manifest a great relationship, but if once you have that person, you need them to show up in exactly the way that they did when you first met in order to you, for you to feel like it's the relationship that you wanted. Cause that's in my opinion, that's so much of what like the honeymoon phase is, is like, in the very beginning, you gave me all this attention and that felt so good because I hadn't gotten any for a long time. I'm speaking this from personal experience, by the way, not anyone in here <laughs> for a long time. I didn't give any of that to myself. You became my source for that. It felt so good. I felt amazing. I felt aligned. And then you altered slightly the way that you were showing up towards me. And I'm going to make you wrong for that because I no longer have this bandaid, you know, packing up or sorry, uh, bandaging up the part of me that I didn't want to look at or heal or bring to light or, or, you know, face essentially. Whereas if we face those parts of us, we don't make our manifestations, our desires, the source of these things. Now they get to flow in and they get to stay. And, you know, like my partner and I are, we're very affectionate. We're very like, there's just so much words of affirmation, so many acts of service, but not, I think the reason for that is because we are both each other's open space to do that freely right? There's no obligation energy like at all. So um, what we want for you guys to do in terms of your homework today, and if you feel called to share it in, inside of the group, I don't know what happened to Zoe, but I'm sure we'll hear from her again. <laughs> um, if you if you feel safe to share inside of the group, we would love to give you some coaching around this. Actually look at, you know, what meaning am I giving this? Where is the real source of my attachment? And it's not that we need to be robots with no emotion or no attachment like there of course there's still things that come up for me I just do the work this is part of cleaning up the street this is part of releasing that expectation on other people that we talked about yesterday it's not anybody's job to to have me feel okay and as long as I'm making it their job there's attachment there's just stuff going on in my energy field that doesn't allow them or money or whatever again like money if money is my source of feeling like I'm okay in life that's not a free space for money to just flow in and feel appreciated and be really easy because we feel like we have to earn it from that space and on and on it goes. So please ask for coaching around this, you know, share in the group, but do the work today and maybe do some journaling or whatever you feel like doing around what is the personal meaning and the significance that I am giving my desires, both in having them and not having them and really follow it all the way down. And it doesn't mean that you immediately release it or anything. It's just in the awareness that then we get to start detaching the two and desiring things just because you desire them, not because you feel you need them, right? We put need and attachment into our, into our intentions when we feel like we're not okay or not worthy or not lovable or not successful without them. And that's just a lot of energy and a lot of resistance to be carrying in that doesn't allow things to be easy. So thank you guys so much for joining us for day two. We got lots more to share this week. It's just going to keep getting 
you know, deeper and deeper. And uh, please ask for coaching inside the group. We are here to serve you guys. Thank you so much. If you have any questions about divinity, reach out, let us know. Um, I will put the link again in the chat, but it is pinned. It's lowenzo.com slash mastermind. And there's lots like huge bonuses, fast action bonuses that start expiring on Friday. There's like different batches of them essentially that start expiring Friday night at 10 p.m. Um, the first fast action bonus is a bonus call with both Zoe and I, or one with each of us actually, two one-on-one -on -one bonus calls to be added to what's already included inside of the mastermind. The second one after that is um, two weeks of free bonus coaching inside of our group chat. So essentially getting to join the mastermind for two extra weeks and starting to do this work right away. And the third one is like the ultimate course bundle. You get access and lifetime access to a whole bunch of our stuff. And uh, yeah, so you can read all of that on the sales page. And if you have any questions or you want to jump on a call, Zoe and I are both available for that. Or well, actually, I shouldn't speak for her. I'm available for that. Well, I'm, I'm, sure I'm back, back now. Are you well, here, Zoe? I've been, yeah, I've it's been okay. listening in and I apologize. You guys I definitely need to clean my side of the street with this apartment complex because <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and the wife, like they never let us know when they're going to be working on things and then so I'm, I'm left with my little triggers around that so <laughs> i apologize it's all divine yeah i was pretty much just cleaning it up though was there anything you wanted to finish on there Zoe? not cleaning up finishing it up um i'm not sure of course because i wasn't here but if all the questions were um answered but um around like alicia's question around um like manifesting your desirable partner and the space in between that can be filled with loneliness. Did you touch on that? I did. And I also said that you would probably pop into the group and just put your two cents in because I'm sure my answer was different than yours. Yeah, yeah, I will pop in because um, I'm, you know, I'm in that, I'm in that in between right now. <laughs> so I okay. feel like I've got things to share. Awesome. But thank you all. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for spending a piece of your day with us and tuning in to The Low and Zo Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate it and share on social media. Be sure to tag us. Until next time, stay abundant.